selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is a headgum podcast. Celebrity book club. Throughout the whole book, when you know he'll be talking about you know travel, he'll be talking about food, and he's like, women are in a very serious place wait, wait, when uh, they are grocery shopping. Okay, and they, when they're putting things in their basket, they're not there for the laughs. Okay, and, and in the fifties, I'm sure a woman wasn't a very serious place shopping. She was right, probably, she was getting beaten at home. She was beaten at home. She was probably very depressed. <laughs> and then it's like her only time leaving the house, and she's just being like, "Well, if I don't buy like raw." like correct Schlitz beer yeah. then just he'll be like Carol what is this in the fridge and she'll be like it was new at the store and he's like well I come home and I expect a Schlitz beer and that's what I expect after a long day at work of course nowadays I feel like maybe the modern wife is also depressed but for different reasons because like her husband has erectile dysfunction and like he's on Roman and like she's having so many CBD she's seltzers hers. and she's on hers and like she's absolutely like zonked out of her mind just like wandering associated in a daze <laughs> no and she's bringing home like a different kombucha and he's like I only like trilogy so and she's like well like this like new like pilot was he was like okay and then they're silently like <laughs> sipping the new booch <laughs> that was a really good kombucha opening sound I, 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 I've been working on that that knocking at the door it's all your friends you filthy whore your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill it's hollywood it's books it's gossip i'm shook it's memoirs it's studio 54 celebrity book club come read it while it's hot celebrity book club tell your secrets we won't talk celebrity book club no boys are allowed celebrity book club Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. 
Hey, hey best, best friend. friend. Uh, what's up? What is up? Happy International Women's Day. Oh my God. Happy International Women's Day. Happy Advertising Day to you and us and the podcast. It's National Advertising Awareness Month, and I'm so glad that we can finally draw some attention to this critical, critical topic that not enough people know about. I'm Lily, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm Stephen. And today I whipped us up some cocktails. Uh, you whipped us up, actually, what I have to say is one of your most delicious inventions. I'm calling it the Ogilvy in honor of David Ogilvy. One of the world's foremost, if not the world's most famous madman. I was going to say madman. Madman, yeah. yeah. Ma- of the madman era. He was an advertising man in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. This book is called Confessions of an Advertising Man and there's a good black and white image of a of a good strong British man in a suit holding his glasses. He's with... a Scotsman actually. Right. Well, with... but well, actually Scotland is in Britain. Well, it's interesting and I think we'll get so into Britain this. So Britain is made up of Scotland, England and Wales. Right. And formally Ireland, before the Troubles. Well, Britain is just that island. Okay, the British that, Isles is the two islands. And then Northern yeah. Ireland, which is the northern half of Ireland, yeah. is part of the United Kingdom. Now, David Ogilvy says his parents <laughs> were Irish, by the way. Right. Um, and good on him. Good on him. But now in Scotland. Anyway, the drink I made is, um, I, I made an elevated drink, I think, of what David Ogilvy drinks every night. Which is Puerto Rican Puerto rum Rican and rum. Schweppes, because he only drinks and eats and consumes products of the clients that he works for. Um, which I do think is completely insane. Right. Well, it's also, you know, it's a good way to kind of start it off because it's, do we even believe him? Right. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so he works for, like, the Tourism Board of Puerto Rico at one point, and he does give himself credit He for... does fully, he kind of, like, fully claims that he, like... No, he was just like, and there's nothing, nothing made me prouder than to see the villages that had, that had suffered in poverty for 400, 400 years, years until I wrote my one advertisement, and then their economy increased, like, 400% due to like, tourism and foreign investment. And it's just like, okay, white savior no, Okay, white savior canceled, um... But yeah, first up, before we even start canceling no, you, Dave. we're canceling this can- dead advertising man from the 40s. <laughs> Just being so like, this was a country and they were starving for 400 years till I printed one ad. But it isn't, okay, so then he I mean, also, I'm sure he did, like, he increased tourism in Puerto Rico. Well, but. he, like, does these travel ads for, like, Germany and, like, some other European countries. And it's, he's always just like, yes. And then just, like, tourism increased to France by 59%. And, like, people finally knew that you could fly to France for the first time and, like, stay in a hotel for only $59. And it was so much cheaper than they had ever imagined. Well, and he's also always like, <laughs> I got, like, people to start visiting wet, damp England instead of, like, the sunny Isles of Italy. Right. And he said, how'd you do that? And he said, advertising, honey. And I think, you know, there was a lot more room to, I think, change people's minds back then because there was was just less information. There was less, there was no social media. And you're Holly Housewife and you're flipping through Life magazine and you see this ad for England and you'd you'd literally never heard anything good about England ever. You just had only, the only thing you'd ever heard was Kings, Rain, rain, Stews, Sherlock Holmes. Boring, like, sod off, you know. Well, so, so I mean, this anyway, book is wild. Yeah, it's it's, it's a wild. Feast, it's really, a, it's it's a feast for those who are into branding and those who are into advertising. And it it tells the story of of truly an iconic, towering figure in the industry. Oh, tap, tap, tap. Who? It's like someone's hammering. Yeah. It's like now on a Monday. Yeah. And now's the day you didn't do it Sunday, you know. Right. I feel like that's more of the sort of chore spring cleaning day of the week. Yeah, but let's talk about a real man. David yeah. <laughs> Ogilvy. David so Ogilvy. So at times I was like, 
Is he gay? You know what I mean? Well, but then but you realize like, just hello, men of the past have culture. A, men of the past have culture. B, British men are all fastidious and like fancy and they all care yeah. about their tea and they want things in a certain way. And like they do know the difference between 18th century hutches and mid-modern hutches. Right. And like a chambray sauce and like a secure liqueur. Right. Oh, the tapping. We yeah. apologize. I would never invite you over to listen to a podcast with this tapping. No, it's... it's. But darling, that's today and that's what's happened. Unfortunately, everything's gone downhill. There's a point where he's talking about just jumping ahead a moment just to give an example of, I think, his culture where he talks about how a lot of people, like, will just drink whiskey because the advertising, but, like, won't try this French liqueur called, like... Succoray or something. I mean, this and is... he's like, and I'm sad for them. I mean, listen, that that is very analogous to my experience branding an aperitif uh, brand, which I worked on last year. Um, so, and if our listeners, sorry, don't know, Stephen is a current day madman. So I actually am a madman. I have worked in advertising and branding um, for the past five years um, at various agencies in New York City. I feel like also both of us, we, you know, our favorite types of movies, we grew up in the genre of rom-com where every single person is a junior ad exec. Yeah. Which is what really I feel like, you know, I'm not in an advertising, but I just, I love the field. I love an ad. I dream in ads. I dream in ads too. And obviously like I'm very sensitive to advertising. I mean, so obviously like our favorite movies are How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, days, where he works at an advertising firm, she works at a magazine, which is the other job that you're allowed to have in all rom-coms. Yeah, so magazine, because I was like, wait, is she in the branding for But Kate Hudson does work at advertising in the movie where she dies of cancer, and she actually works at an agency in New Orleans. New Orleans, (laughs) yeah. And she, of course, has the scene where she's trying to pitch the condom company, and she comes into the room and dumps her purse on the conference table, and it's just like, 60% of condom purchasers are women. Do your research. (laughs) I also feel like, so you started out and I feel like your career started out in very like internal advertisement. I mean, still, that's a lot of the work I do. It's like I'm working on the account for six months and we're just coming up with an internal rallying cry for employees <laughs> and you're having like three hour meetings internally with your own coworkers at the agency about the rallying cry on the, like a whiteboard someone's writing stay different stay extraordinary like stay yourself <laughs> stay extraordinarily different and then like at the end of the week you're having a check-in meeting with like this like account like communications girl from Named Lauren, and then it's like you and the like Lauren from your office, and then the Lauren from are like on this communication. Lauren, this is Lauren. Lauren, Lauren meet this is... this is Lauren. Meet Lauren. Lauren, this is Lauren. Lauren, this is Steven. Steven, and meet then, Lauren. And then like you've sent over the deck before, and Lauren has read it, and Lauren's just like, so I just want to flag a couple of things, and I do think that stay different is really strong and really good. I'm just a little bit concerned about the word different and how that's going to read to the higher ups, and I don't want to show them something that I think might make them a little bit nervous, and so I just want to have another conversation about that word, and then Lauren's being like, that's a really good call it, and thank you for saying that, and then another three weeks go by and then you finally do present stay different and then they're just like so ultimately we decided to not do a new rallying cry (laughs) (laughs) and all that would ever be is like a poster in like the break room that some poor janitor has to like look at that that says stay different different. so so i just want to back up a little quickly just to set the context so so david ogilvy 
started a advertising firm that is now known as Ogilvy and Mather, and it is still one of the big advertising agencies. Before this, I didn't know who Ogilvy was. Right. So you if know? you said if you talked to to a madman like this, right. you said you said you said Wyden. They know you're talking about Wyden. You say Ogilvy. Oh, you're talking about Ogilvy and Mather. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People know what that means. But a lot of the work these days is being done in branding and identity agencies. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you're doing the branding, and then it's you know then they're going to the ad agency, and then it's back and forth, and it's ninety Lawrence. But the sort of the world in which she describes, where it's like you're working for hours to come up with this insane pitch to like give to Nike, it's like that kind of only still happens for like Super Bowl ads, probably. And it's crazy. Okay, what do you think about this? So he has this whole thing about how he won't do if he has two clients and he won't like put them in an ad together because someone always gets the short end of the stick. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're always trying to do that like on an agency where it's just being like, oh, we could like do some synergy. Um, But it is awkward and I wouldn't do that. I think it is because then when I think about it, when it's like Chevy cars, like win a Coca-Cola Pepsi t-shirt with the Chevy. It's no, like, it's pathetic. Then it's Coke is desperate. like the little silly free t-shirt you get. Right. Chevy's the big boy. Right. And it's like, I mean, I guess nowadays everything is a collab and it's so just like whatever. Like, well, it, I mean, I think they're talking more sweepstakes vibes and not like something X this. Right. They're not talking like about an Ugg X. Like Ugg X Lata. Right. They're talking <laughs> yeah. about more just like one advertisement where it's like, well, actually, this brings us to another point. So at one point he says he's like... That a real good agency needs to like needs one man at the top who's like this savant and like everyone. Right, everyone looks to him and he's the lord. And I do have to say, I kind of think that's true because so I worked for in my experience. So I spent a lot of time at Wolf Olin's, which is like a British agency that has a big office in New York, and it's very. It looks like the Apple Store inside. It's like this massive white office and like London, New York, London, New York, and it's like very frosted conference rooms. But there was no real like honcho mm. like that everyone worshipped at the top. The work isn't really like life-changing and I don't think really like changed the industry in a big way and like they like rebranded right before like ran into the ground and it's like cool like congrats oh sad and like that's another thing he says in this book at one point he's like don't take on like a dying client it's just like well that do you really know what like the stench of death around you truly because I think you know I actually was when I opened this book I was kind of awaiting like are these going to be some super outdated points and I think there are kind of more in terms of language when he talks about like saving Puerto Rico as a country right (laughs) but like his little isms are very true he's like there comes a point you know if a product they haven't had good sales for years it's not the advertising problem Honey, it's yeah. the it's the product. It's the product, okay. okay. And he can't turn that around. Not, as Lori would say, there's not a market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing the market, so for me, I'm out. I am out. But to that point about a savant honcho, like Jin Lane is run by this guy Emmett, who like is this like cool skater downtown guy, and he definitely has like an aesthetic that is what like drives the whole company, and it's like the reason that people come to them and they like desperately beg him to like create their brands. Like they don't solicit any new business, but just something he talks about a lot in this book. Jin you Lane, get it right. He says, "I get a new client every two years." Right, and they come knocking because they're like, "We accept what you do," and like Jin Lane is sort of credited with like doing the whole like very ubiquitous startup. Design that everyone's familiar with of like hymns and like that sort of flat No, because I can imagine a lot of branding agencies they're like, oh, like we're all in this as a team and like everything, blah, blah, blah. But so... And then you don't do anything cool and you just kind of copy whatever everyone else does because it's like too many people kind of saying yes to each other. And they're like, that's so fucking awesome. Like, yes, yes. And then everyone's a little bit scared to say no. So Ogilvy trained in the kitchens of France. Which is very David Chang. Right. Well, very just like chefs. Oh, okay. Very, very, <laughs> very, very chefs. Very chef. yes. So I think what's super cool about 
David Ogilvy is it's like being an ad man was like not respected in Britain because mm. it's like that's like too gauche well, for the say, Britons. Well, when we say respected, also we're talking about like British high society. Yes, we're, no. he definitely like went to Eton, and he's like, there's part of the book where he's just like, and everyone I went to school with, and then he became a prime minister. Oh yeah, and he was like, and he became this lord, and he became that lord. He what's also deeply British about him is like the part about his childhood is mm, two pages, and he talks about he's like my father spoke Gaelic and my mother disinherited me and. Yeah. I think she made the good decision. Moving on, yeah, and you're kind of like, on, no. yeah, there the, was no like upper um, Brit- British lip, no American three chapters on the disinheritance. Yeah, I mean, there's zero like emotion in this book, other than just like one time, and he was like, and I was furious that I had lost the account. That's all that he really lets get under his skin is like work stuff. He wrote. This is also so Shark Tank. He copyrighted this book for his in a name of his son. So he's like, son. Oh, oh wait, that's so like Beyonce, I feel like. Yeah. Doesn't like Blue Ivy own the rights to like something? Lemonade. I'm sure yeah. it's very like giving your baby shares yeah. and just like copywriting <laughs> something for them rather than giving them what? A PS5? Yeah. Give them a copyright. Give them a bond. Give them a bond. I mean, or just sort of write them a check. I mean, there's a lot of. <laughs> there's a lot of. <laughs> there's a lot of ways that if you're rich, you can support your kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I do encourage you to pursue all those different directions. Wait, okay, but about him being British, can we just... Oh, yeah, this is... Oh, this, get, There's 18 passages that are insane, but... Okay, wait, just this part about his childhood and, like, being in a boarding school. He was, of course, like, sent to boarding school at age nine. And he's like, when I suggested that Napoleon might have been a Dutchman because his brother was a king of Holland, the headmaster's wife sent me to bed without supper, <laughs> whereupon she seized me by the cheek and threw me to the floor. He's no Paris Hilton provost. No, no, over no, 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 here. no, absolutely no, I obviously believe women and just like I don't think we should be throwing like what? children to the floor but um, oh wait you're saying just... that like he's a parent's told because like, he's not complaining about the abuse he suffered at the yes he's just like educators. and my he's yeah. and my headmistress was correct because like you don't say that about Napoleon and... no and she should have dragged me by my ear and slapped me with a thistle but I think he's also showing that he's a sassy little man but you well, know instead of just yeah. going I think straight into advertising and becoming a prime minister like everyone he got that real life experience of like the 20s or he whatever. He traveled the world, darling. So he went door to door selling like pots. Yeah. I Did you sell door to door? No, but I once like was so desperate. I feel like at some point in my 20s and did like for one day like a door to door sign up for like this green energy and I went with like this crew of people to like Sheep's Head Bay with iPads and it was like all commission based. And it was just like we just had to like sneak into like creepy Sheep's Head Bay, like massive apartment buildings where like all and old Russian people live in your on the doors like nine year old women and just being like, Do you want to switch to green energy? Yeah. You'll and then, save five percent on your heating bill. And there was like such like an election style Reese Witherspoon girl there, like working, and I was like, So how's then? She's like, No, and it's like some days you just like don't make anything and it is commission based. And it was like at 9 p.m. we'd like go back to HQ and the guy's like great you got the job I was like I got the, the job, job which doesn't make money <laughs> yeah I was like I'm absolutely good and, congrats you know. anyway but that was the work that I put in you know sometimes you gotta go no and that's really informed your practice practice my podcast your podcasty practice, practice and having a, you know having a varied background yes you know when I first came into branding I had a politics background and they were impressed by that 
they were like, oh, well, you know, you, you've you written for politicians. Well, you're, it's kind of the same thing. You're just selling something. You're selling, right? All you're doing is selling. Sell, and, sell, you're, sell. and you're writing for someone else. I think one of the first projects I worked on at Wolf Olin's was the Met rebranding. And that was, you know, that was a real chance to just sort of write really flowery, kind of like British, boring language. And just like, oh, okay, like you can be sort of like fancy because like politics is also kind of serious. And they were like, that works. That made a lot of sense for yeah, that, that kind of translation. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Okay, let's talk about just some favorite ads of ours. Let's go. I'm, I'm going to start this off. Favorite ad campaigns of all time. Number one, the Herbal Essences shower orgasm. Yeah, agreed. Iconic campaign. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think like... My the- sister and I only used Herbal Essences growing up. 12-year-olds, you're using it. You're just being like, oh yeah, one day I'll have sex. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so funny because that's so gendered and I watched that and I was like, I won't I won't be using that because I'm not <laughs> no, allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that worked for you. Like customer benefit to you of being like, this is fun. I was like, this is hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, it was also a trickle down because I feel like, right, my sister bought it and she was at Herbal Essences, like Venus Razor was very YM. And then I was like, oh, so this is what's cool. This is what like cooler, older teenagers. I, I'm, you know, so it's funny. Like, so we think about, we're talking about good ads, right? Good ads. What makes a good ad? Ogilvy says a good ad is something that makes you want to buy the product. And I think people of my advertising cohort are much more guilty of what he says is like they want to make entertaining ads. They want to make ads that they're like proud of or whatever. Which is funny. And he says, okay, in one of the, he goes, good copywriters have always resisted the temptation to entertain. See, I can't. I have to entertain myself. Otherwise, like, I, I don't want to be there. I kind of disagree here. Yeah. Where he's very just like 
he's hardly getting into television ads at this point. Like all advertising are these like massive articles in like Life magazine and Playboy yeah. where he has to like I mean, list every ingredient of carnation milk. I do want to have my favorite ads, but we should just explain for one second the way that ads yes. used to look is completely <laughs> insane. There was like 900 words. It was like only print and everyone was reading magazines left and right. And it was just like... He said he what? Re- reads, he was like, ah, the average woman, it's always like, the average, I read 10 magazines a week and the average woman reads six magazines a day or something like that. <laughs> like she's just going cover to cover in her sunken living room and God yeah. bless her. And there's like... Smoking and, Kent cigarettes. And everything is just like this big hero image of the product then some big headline that's just like soup tastes better cold. And then it's just like 16 more Small paragraphs. paragraphs sans serif 10 point font. And it's like this whole thing where it's like everything was about trying to convince someone to like buy this certain product that they're already buying but buy a different brand of this product. Also everything was I want to say like in this sort of consumer staples category like or consumer discretionary but it was like all this just yeah, like Yeah stuff you're already It's a it lot of like, Procter & Gamble kind of stuff. It's all or Cars, or car. laundry, cigarettes, liquor. You know lifestyle brands didn't exist and the idea that like one certain thing that you like didn't have like would maybe give you access to some sort of different kind of lifestyle like wasn't Well I think really... that was things like the lifestyle brands were the cigarettes. It's like yeah. Camel, your pl- what was that? Your Pleasure? Or no that's Newport Pleasure. Camel is like cool. Anyway it's like Marlboro is like right. Cowboy. It's like. Yeah the, I think cigarette brands were the only ones that were like this is going to change your life. This is going to change your life. Everything else was just like this product will be better at doing a certain thing. Which and it was I so much more cars. It was yeah. so much more function. And like, you know, and I always tell clients, I'm like, you know, emotion over function, sweetheart. Mm. Like, because at this point, I think, yeah. I do actually think that in some ways, consumers are much smarter than they used to be. Okay? Oh, yeah. People know what works and what doesn't. They know what fucking toothpaste is. You know what I mean? And I think that like, comp- it's like when Crest is always like four times as whitening, I, p- people don't give a fuck about that. No, we all know that no toothpaste whitens anything. So right. now that's why we get into like charcoal toothpaste. And, right. And you know. And it's like, if you're buying Crest, it's because you want to have the lifestyle of someone who buys utility toothpaste because you just want to be old school and not spend that much money on it. It's kind of so funny you say like Crest is old school because it is but in my like mind I feel like the 90s like as a kid I was like Crest is cool. Like well, this Crest is because is, like, you are like spiritually Gen X right. and so like but I'm just saying like compared to like 90s, our like, in your head you were like 28. I was 28 and I'm just like yeah just this cool cat yeah I go to like cool shows and I drive you know a Mustang and I brush with Crest <laughs> and I smoke Newports for my oh, pleasure. I feel like you probably had like the sweetest flavor of Crest. No, I'm just mint. You know, I'm mint to the end because I'm still mint toothpaste. I mean, I'm still, um, I'm so mint ice cream and I chew gum constantly. You think I'm bubble gum? I guess I thought you were like so cinnamon bubble gum. And I- oh my, do you even know me? I, cinnamon. I'm just cinnamon? like, I'm thinking of nine year old you when you were like, I like football and pizza and cinnamon. cinnamon. Sorry, cinnamon was as a child oh, actually, was no, way true. too no, spicy for too me. For you. No, yeah. that's true. No, I know, I know that about you. I can't even give you a stick of big red. You'll, you'll, no, and now I'm like so hot. Like, over. I'm only in my like, let's just say late 20s, Um, have like sure. gotten into like hot sauce and like total hot sauce <laughs> culture, like uh, sriracha, anyone? But um, like, I feel like I used to have like one squirt of sriracha on something 
something and then my mouth would like blow up. Anyway, so all I'm saying is I'm meant till the end. I mean, I'm a very Colgate girl, I guess, but I'll do crest. I, to me, those Colgate, are Colgate random sauce. It's not that random. It's sort of like one of the most major toothpaste brands that there is. It's the random one of, of those two, though. Okay, but, but I'm like saying I will take that over like an Arm and Hammer or a Tom's yes. or some like no Arm and Hammer like, is like from the 20s. You're in, like I'm not intentionally bacon tastes soda. like salt Bad, or whatever, yeah. and it's like I don't necessarily need that. Um, one of his do's and don'ts is always use photography and not illustration and advertising. He said always use photography? Or well, always... he said photography is better. Yes. That it's more eye-catching and people like <gasps> oh, it Oh, right. Well, that's because I feel like it was like, even though it was the 60s, like photos were still kind of like new. <laughs> photos were new and like illustration was weird. And they, I think that graphic design wasn't like so the sort of insane industry that it is now. Where, no, like, so there was the Campbell soup drawing and then it was also just so like the classic like and they were father be- bringing the turkey drawing, right? And, and there was like one like Norman Rockwell esque esque illustrator that you could hire, and like yeah. he was probably busy, and like maybe you couldn't get him to like do your soup ad. But I do think that there is a tendency to overuse illustration in design now and in advertising, because yeah. and I think it's and I, partially it's because photography is like people are so worried that photography will read as too, you know, uh, too revealing of a certain class, region, well, race, right, race age, size. size. And so they're like... So they're like, let's just do little cartoons that relate to everyone. And and then when you do well, have <laughs> photography, it's always this, like, disembodied, like, hand of just, like, indeterminate age and ethnicity that's, like, coming in through the side, like, holding a lime. And uh, it's just like... Okay, let's talk... That's very that, um, that, like, breast binder that I bought recently from just like a company that was like what's it called good works or something right, like yeah, that, that and it's like that's i feel like it makes so much sense because they're like well like are we showing a trans man or are we gonna show like right. this lesbian are we gonna show, we're gonna show a white person we're gonna show a large person we're gonna show an old so it was like instead so they're like fuck so let's just like draw a weird icon for an 80s gym instead that's like a shape jumping or something like that and you're like so i don't know what this is for now everything is now this shape and it's always these like women and they're always like kind of a little bit doing yoga it's like there's so much like no it's like gone back to full like getting a big 90s xl free t-shirt for a race and it's no it varies (laughs) 90s xl 5k and it's all these Hunger vibes. Walk for hunger, like, like kind of leaping women of just like shapes of, and colors, of shapes and, and colors, and it's just like, and some of the women are purple, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess this could be anyone. Oh, wait, we have to talk about how he hates billboards. He, oh, and I agree because you don't have time to read them. Unless you're a passenger, which yes. there are a lot of in this country. Yes, thank you. Actually, seven out of ten women are passengers. Um, I'm really not anti billboard because. Just to mention, casinos for a minute, how many ads did we see for the new Tau opening at Mohegan when we were driving? Yeah, I know what it means. And we were like, we have to go to Tau. But I do think that as a driver, it's A, dangerous, and B, also. It's extremely dangerous. It's like, it is an eyesore. If you're, but I also feel like he thinks it's an eyesore because he's from England, so he's being so like, the American open road is beautiful. Well, yeah, and, and he, it's marred and by he, these awful signs. And he's a gardener, and he was like, and he was like, I'm a man partial to landscapes. I mean, he honestly did sometimes. He, he was being I mean, very English my dad because he was being like, I love landscape. He was, but, but that's the thing. British like, men prim- are all kind of gay. Which is kind of what I try to say to you and why I actually don't think my dad is gay. Your dad is not British. But but he is of European descent. He's a Wait, I... 
But he's Italian, which, you know, here's the thing. Italian-Americans oh, are very... indigenous, so therefore yeah. he's Yes, Italian-Americans are very macho, very, you know, like, known as being Guido, but I feel like actual Italian men are, like, much gayer. Well, again, I think they just have taste, and I think they, they care about aesthetics. Because they have a history, mouth, and America doesn't, right. and I think that's part of the problem. I want to talk about this part where I was really shocked, where he talks about, like, lesbians in movies, and I was like, who are you referencing? This is very gendered, so just, like, CW trigger warning, like, but I do think this is, like, accurate. Okay, when I worked with Dr. Gallup, I was able to demonstrate that moviegoers are more interested in actors of their own sex than in actors of the opposite sex. True, there are a few exceptions to this rule. The female sex kittens find great favor with male moviegoers and the lesbian stars do not appeal to men and i was like it's 1962 wait what what lesbian i know i was like are we talking about marlena dietrich wow i love that he says that so matter-of-factly yeah he's just like well obviously if it's a movie about lesbians like men don't want to go see yeah, it and again yeah. i think that's another one of these points where you're just like that's kind of still true that's today true. and i'm i'm right it's like that. we were talking it's just like most guys want to watch like an Avengers Statum, you know, your basic straight guy movie, Jason oh, Statum. Yes. Yeah, training I mean, they, they, they don't, don't want to watch like. They want to watch Big Lebowski. You know, Big what's Lebowski. It called? Disobedience or whatever. Right. Well, right. They definitely don't want to watch Disobedience, <laughs> but then they're also not I mean, being like, I need to watch Book Smart with like Beanie Fiedelstein. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a lot of like cocked boyfriends are like watching Book Smart. Well, it's true. People are always being like, I liked it. But smart. Yeah. It was so bad. Okay. And it, it was about lesbians. Like, I was wanting to like it more, but it was really like too much of a fake movie. Someone there the was... other day said they liked it in this way that was that I could tell that they didn't really like it. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. It was very that vibe. No, I mean, that's thing. It's like, obviously, we are not trying to want, like, unless I'm like in such a, you know, manly mood. I mean, last night I did watch Sopranos. But that's like actually ultimate like straight girl fodder. Anyway, but the way I'm just like, when did every single, single person, person become, become obsessed with the Sopranos? A, a girl who watches the Sopranos and so just like, like that only tweets the about only personality it, in the past year. It literally, everyone's like, um, I read watching it and just being like, um, yes, I'm gonna start dressing like Furio. Sorry, boyfriend. I'm just like, I don't no, know. No, it became it's like last yet another show that I can't watch now because too many no, people they like ruined it. it. Pre, right. put it on the succession in the Game of Thrones pile. Like, sorry, I can't do it. It was like. It became a rebellion for me to watch the Sopranos because my parents were like, it's actually like so racist against Italians that we shouldn't be glorifying oh, yeah. the mafia. Yeah. And like we need to be only watching like Italian movies with like opera singers. Didn't make sense because we watch like Godfather and Goodfellas all the time. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so didn't watch that obviously then. But yeah, now it's just become like Twitter girl. Yeah. And it, yeah. It sucks when something you love becomes embraced by everyone. I know. And you want to be special. And advertising can help make you feel special. Okay, wait. What? Okay, so my favorite advertisement from a kid, like, to me, VW was, like, the advertisement thing. Have we already talked about this in the pod? I don't think so. Because, oh, my God, like, a Jetta ad? The Jetta ad. I mean, those ads were, like, so iconic. And the, like, obviously the Mitsubishi ad with the word the hand of the window that's playing telepop music is very iconic. But, okay, like... You're so Mitsubishi. There was... <laughs> I, maybe I'm talking about... Yeah, I'm very just, like, I wish I was a girl in a Newsy with, like, a really small bag that, there I, was this, I, that I just <laughs> yeah, bought. Tiniest, tiniest <laughs> bag. There was this VW ad where it was, like, Total Burris era it was like this girl like opening up her Jetta and she was like a barista caterer and she had like two jugs of coffee coffee and was like I'm a barista and so I need my Jetta I'm on the go and like it invented women on the go women carrying coffee women drinking coffee on the go and I was I, like I need a Jetta 
See, that's funny. So that spoke to function. To me, the, the VW ads that were the most effective were the emotion ones that were just like putting in this kind of like cool dude space. There was mm. like, there was the one, do you remember the windshield wipers one where the Jetta's going down their street or the Posada or whatever's going down the street and the windshield wipers are going, it's mm-hmm. raining and everyone on the street is sort of in time to the windshield wipers. So there's like someone passing a box to someone else. Oh. Someone's like tossing a pizza and like you're everything. You're so like, it's like, it's rhythmic and you're just like, whoa, cool. Like everything's like in tune. There was another one that like had a Nick Cave song in it. And like me That's not me. being that indie was so like, oh my God, the Jetta will it like let me be indie. Like, well, I mean, that sense like this VW barista was like, you're not just, it's not just function. It's you're this cool indie music listening. Yeah. Coffee drinking. Right. Millennial. I mean, it was inventing the millennial generation when we were just it like was Gen X kids. telling people to be millennials. Wow. And, they wow. invented us. That's so funny because we think that generations are at war, but like they literally no. invented us with VW ads. My other all time favorite ad is actually a PSA. And that is. Oh, wait. Of course. Rachel Lake. Rachel Lake. Yeah. This is your brain. Yeah. On heroin. And she smashed this, it. Just, um, that uh, ad is obviously iconic. I mean, yeah. also because she's like so thin and hot and she's like in a hot beater. And just yeah. like in a beater and like dark hair. Um, and Which I guess that goes to his point. That's when I liked watching a sex kitten. What, <laughs> <laughs> what would be your dream client to work for? Ooh, it's a good one. So I actually would like to go for something like Air France. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, I'll ask. Oh, so sorry. Let me tell you. Stephen, what, um, <laughs> what's your dream client to work for? Yeah, so I've, it's like, you know, I've I've done I've done a lot of like hotel companies. The thing about working for big companies is it's it's not fun, as he says in this book. Yeah. It's rule by committee. Also, the part about um not wanting to work for associations, I think, is very true. Do you remember when I worked for the National Fisheries Institute when I worked in politics? No. The Fish Institution? Big Tuna, my oh, boss called it. Oh, okay. And I ghost wrote that op-ed for Senator Saxby Chambliss of Alabama, where he was writing, telling the FDA to change their guidelines on fish consumption for pregnant women. Oh, okay, for like the mercury. Because he Cause was like, we need He was like, like, actually, mercury is not bad. Oh, and he was like, I need my pregnant ladies of Alabama to be eating a lot more Eat a lot more fish, fish because there was a lot of essential amino acids in there that do stimulate neurodevelopment in the fetus. Well, wasn't that like a whole thing, whatever, with like the last COVID relief bill? It was like all about like carp. Right. And they're just like putting in so many like subsidies for like the big invas- carp, for big or carp like, but like also to, to like kill invasive yeah, carp. Yeah, I think it was like about killing carp. And you're kind of like, wow. Well, to quote our favorite show about um, the lesbian detective fish cop. Oh, Hightown. Yeah. Anyway, fish fishery, there's a lot of laws What did that. she say? Well, the whole show is them just being like, you're nothing but a fish cop. Right. So, anyway, no, there's a lot of fish laws. When you start yeah. working for Big Tuna, you become the fish yeah. cop. <laughs> I would also really love to do a country or a town because I feel like they do have the worst advertising. Like, oh, wait, have you seen when those ads? When it's just like Ohio. No, have you seen those us. ads? Like, they're, I think they're in like the Bedford stop for Philadelphia. And I've just, seen the ones for Baltimore and the Bedford Stop. Or maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Same difference, fucking Baltimore and Philly. And, right. they're, and they're just like, huh, your people are waiting. And it's just like a guy in a bucket hat. And, and it's, it's like, like, oh, so this bucket hatted guy sorry, is waiting for me? This is my no, people? Like, I think. That, and that violates a rule he says, which is like, don't advertise something that people can just get at home. It's like, I can see guys in bucket, bucket hats on the fucking train I'm on. I think I you and I could slay an ad for Baltimore. Yeah, we could tear it up. Yeah. I don't know why this company is coming to me. And I don't even think it's the dream company I want to work for. Say it. 7-Up. I don't know why. It just came to me. 
Yeah. I, I've always loved their colors. They're very I love 90s it. it's, it's, and sort of basketball. And it's that's, basketball stuff, but it's not. Well, Sprite was kind of the ultimate basketball soda and 7-Up seven seven up actually. 7-Up is the sort of lesser than. Yes. The one that they have on planes. It's and air, they're just like, like, it's airport. It's is 7-Up like, okay? Right? And you're, you're like, like, well, I guess it has to be. I, I always think 7-Up tastes better than Sprite, what? but that's because it's like rare. I don't know. It's almost 60s. I mean, it just tastes like airplane to me. It tastes so, like, metallic. Um, I would love to be so corny and just do an ad for Converse. <laughs> but I, are you, again, we're talking about you having to, like, write the ad. Like, not, like, be in the ad. Be starring. <laughs> not starring. No, that's what I'm saying. We're developing <laughs> the campaign here. I was saying I want to develop for 7-Up. <laughs> What's your concept? It's Kamala. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Kamala. Emhoff. It's Ella Emhoff being like super throwback in a bucket hat, like a Seven Up bucket hat, um, and it's her knitting to a beat while drinking. Okay, seven cool. Up. No, and it's yeah. like got this like sick ass beat, and it's like yeah, and we're kind of like collabing with different like local record stores mm-hmm. and different like garage kind of like. Techno and you could, indie artist. It could be like come to Philly. Yeah, and it's like come to Philly, like taste the seven up. I think that could work. You know? I think especially people like in New York who should just probably be living in Philly. Anyway. I also think maybe bringing back seven up as like a mixer in like a chic retro way. Like a seven and seven. That so was the thing. Like I think that's Seagram's... a much, I think that's a better idea. Is that you're getting so like Saint Germain activation about yes. it, and you're having this like big thing in Hudson Yards or like Red Hook, and it's just being like Seven Up X, like DJ Skokie, like X. And North actually, Face. it is so seventies. We're bringing back the sunken yeah. living rooms, and everyone's having seven and yeah. seven, seven and seven, seven and seven. It's and like it's gin like... and Seven Up. Wait, no, it's this big, massive sunken living room installation at this like Red Hook warehouse, right? And we're all having these like retro cocktails like made with 7-Up because it's just like we're freeling like we wear pants to work now like it's not the 20s of mixology where we're smoking glasses you know it's a cool cup it's ice okay wait. it's a liquor it's 7-Up and there's like influencers giving out cigarettes but they're like yes. candy cigarettes or something oh right because we don't want to really no we're not actually yes. pushing and it's all ages and there's laws against yes. smoke whatever inhalation I corona etc <laughs> right <laughs> Everyone's vaccinated. Of course, everyone is distance and vaccinated at this seven up Hudson sunken activation. <laughs> See, and that's that's what a pitch room is. I was here all the we in two minutes. We went from knitting, right, and we found the activation. No, I know you A to C. I know it's just like improv, and I you think just that's such ideas. an important skill. And when I'm hiring at my agency, <laughs> I always say, "Have you ever done improv?" Because it's so important to this business. Next up, our new and improved segments. segments. What does she she wear? wear? What What does does she she eat? eat? How How does does she she live? live? Yes, but... Iconic unison vibes. Wow. What does she wear? What I does mean, she wear? He wears Hathaway shirts. He wears Hathaway shirts. He wears the companies that he works for. Yeah, darling. and he does you know, he said Arrow was the big shirt, but he, you but know. he went with Hathaway. Because he was a Hathaway man. He's definitely wearing a suit to work. Obviously, this isn't current branding culture where you wear, you know, whatever, showing a bonobos and a bucket hat. And a bucket. I mean, so on the front of the book, he's wearing, you know, just, I would say, a classic dark suit, a gorgeous handkerchief. A Hathaway Pocket shirt square, and a tie. To the I mean, beautiful cufflinks, glasses, but he's not—he's not wearing them. He's holding them. The only industry where people wear suits anymore is politics and, and finance. 
Oh, but no, they wear the fleece. Hello, they wear the fleece. But then I think on pitch big days you wear the suit, right? Even then, I don't know. I think I think maybe and like some of the higher ups and some of the older men and like some of the older British men at the finance place, but it's mostly fleece town. Right. So I mean, I wish we could go back to when men wore hats, darling. Yeah. He when also, people got dressed for work. He talks about like types of ties that are very like old British, like and you have your like Brixton yeah. striped tie, and mm-hmm. you have your the like, Buxton like diagonal striped tie. And they're like on, you know, pitch days you wear I'm sure he was like on pitch days you wear red and like these days you wear gray and... I, I could see him having like a superstition where he's like, yes. and I have to have my lucky, lucky time, green lucky. handkerchief that's in my briefcase, that's in my that's on my settee. And like, it just sits right. there, and but the he knows that perfect cufflinks that he wears yeah. like on Fridays. They were given to him by Lord Manor Chesselburg <laughs> yeah. at the annual like Cranberry Fest in Donning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, to segue into what does he eat? Do you remember when he tells the story about how this rule where he's, he's... also so pomade, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, his Obviously. hair is, I mean, it's staying there. But it's 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 he's deeply also like, parted to it, the side. Well, it's that's not just, I like... think, well, that's his widow's. Oh, yeah. But I do, okay, I do feel like, and this is why I do think that pharmaceutical companies, not the one I'm currently working for, but are like killing America. I feel like men used to be less bald. I feel like more men had hair in the 50s. I think they were slicking it back for like a long time. So it was just like flatter on the head. You know what I mean? I also think... that, I think that's not true because there were so many men who were going bald. Oh, maybe they just big... all had toupees also. Yeah, it was so toupee and then they were gelling the toupee okay, with like maybe. Murray's pomade. And then if you think of so many old like the Larry David's like everyone's dad was just like had the puffiest male oh, pattern baldness. Oh, male pattern where it's this full like monk ring around Right, and head. now yeah. like men know to like keep that cropped. Keep it cropped. Uh, what you're... is I was thinking, what does he eat? I feel like it's so Carol and everything is just like yes, cream, cream, spinach. spinach. Okay. <laughs> Get out of my brain. Well, and I, before that, he was saying about how like pitching wise, never like pitch someone after lunch. And he like pitches Mr. Seagram's. Okay. So and funny. Mr. Seagram's falls or he falls like asleep and then but is so grumpy. This is because lunches in the 50s right, you were five, mar- like, were were five martinis. martinis. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like today, I actually think I've often said the best time to email is someone after the grain bowl is yes is after the grain bowl because <laughs> because they've been hangry all morning yeah and then they have their sweet green and at like 1 30 they're checking their email and they're in a much better mood well but it's also, not the end of the day where they're just like let me get the fuck out of here our generation is much more people are like kind of skipping breakfast just getting the cold brew so they're super hangry they're so hangrissimo so yeah i think he's yeah he's like going to a french restaurant and he's like having a beret like le saucier like frog leg but then like on a wednesday i feel like he's so plain he's like i have mccallan's irish oatmeal for breakfast that my wife makes me and then like something very plain i wish we could it's plain all day and then a fab dinner which i actually kind of do agree with right i'm sad i feel like he fully gives us our segment where he says all the things he wears and eats oh wait Okay, wait, can I read that? Oh, wait, I'm going to... I have it? I have it, I have it. This section... Okay, this is very... This is perfect. 
I always use my clients' products. This is not toadyism, but elementary good manners. Almost everything I consume is manufactured by one of my clients. My shirts are Hathaway. My candlesticks by Steuben. My car is a Rolls Royce. And its tank is always full of super shell. I have my suits made by Sears Roebuck. At breakfast, I drink Maxwell House coffee or Tetley tea and eat two slices of Pepperidge Farm toast. I wash with Dove, deodorize with Ban, and light my pipe with a Zippo lighter. After sundown, I drink nothing but Puerto Rico rum and Schweppes. I read magazines and newspapers, which are printed on paper from the mills of international paper. When I go on vacation in Britain or Puerto Rico, I get my reservations through American Express and travel by KLM or P&O Orient lines. And why not, pray tell? Are these not the finest goods and services on earth? I think they are, and that's why I advertise them. Mm. Slow clap at the advertising room. Yes! That is, I think, the best. I that's mean, the best part of the book. That's what I was saying. You fell for no, that, I honey. Fell for it. I fell you for, fell for it. Sinker. No, he literally says that. He's like working for his clients in this book. Yeah. Done. It's just like, I'm sure he goes to Italy. I mean, my favorite was I read magazines from like general paper mills. Yeah, no. Just like, sorry, sorry. where was this paper made? <laughs> Life magazine switched their paperies, so I stopped reading them. <laughs> Wait, that would be like a, literally an ad for yeah. the paper company. And I switched. And it would be this Holly housewife, and she would just be like, hm, they switched, and so did and I. So- <laughs> Carol needs her magazines. <laughs> Only on international paper. Um, okay, then the other iconic part in How Does He Live, we know where so this like um, record company, record player company wants, you know, to send him their products. So, and he's like, I need to see how it looks in my home and like need to see how it sounds. And then they're just like, great. And they're like, what kind of style is your home? And they're assuming like modern, like he is the John Hay, he is Mad Men, he's mid-century. And he's like, no. Oh, and, and then and then they're like deco, and he's like no, and no. Like, international style. <laughs> yeah, like, thinking it's like Buddhas, as right. we said. Like, I mean, as all celebrities are Buddhas, which he is not. And then he oh, just well, goes, international style actually means a different thing. What is international? Like it's, French? Like it's this term that's from like the seventies, and it means like big, like glass square tables. It's like a specific kind of modern. I, th- I thought he meant like, are you having like ancient Chinese? I don't think stuff. anyone was doing Buddhas at that time. Well, actually, someone was. Who? Well, the, I went, there's this iconic. <laughs> oh, okay. Damn. Okay. Wow. Okay. You've really seeded this mystery. <laughs> Just like, so there's this iconic museum that's very like off road, beaten things to do in America called House on the Rock that I went to right. in Wisconsin. And it's this eccentric guy Sounds from the like- 60s who built his own House on the Rock. And it was a mix. So there was like, he built a full like 1800s village with like an imitation 1800s like dentist shoppery and like, an 1800s tea house okay, is completely so it's insane. Colonial right, but then the place where he lives was fully like Chinese stuff and just like it was all second living rooms and like so much just like old Asia artifacts. Okay. Well, I mean, I do think, okay, actually, I totally take that back because obviously, like, there's a lot of, like, Eames mid-century modern that is, like, Japanese stuff and Asian minimalism. Yeah, and then on Team Mame, yeah, 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 yeah. Russell is so, like, having so many was, dragons in her house. I was thinking more of the Anacin way where it was, like, so, like... No, he's not, yeah. like, fully Sheryl Crow with, like, yeah. like, Kabbalah stuff. Like, Kabbalah stuff and, like, pizza oven noodle. But, yeah, okay, yeah. that's right. I just meant, like, right, like, 50s men were just being, like, oh, like, I love this, like old Chinese painting. True. A lot of, and I think like fabric wallpaper. and Tons of fabric wallpaper. Not tons, I think some. I think it's still, he's not going too wild. Okay, who are you in the book? I mean, I guess you're David because you're a madman or are you like his partner who he like 
Love, but parted ways with. Benson. Yeah. Because it was ugly Benson and Mather. Yeah, I could. Maybe he kind of like parted ways with me. I don't know if I could really run an agency. It seems yeah, you truly over me. Like maybe I feel like he was like he's like well, I'm 51 years old, but like most products for younger people. I think you are just one of his young. I bucks. think I'm. A, I'm like a young buck copywriter at at the agency. Yeah, and you're starting out, and you're fresh. You're you're in Manhattan. You've been there for three you're, years. I'm, I'm wet behind the ears, but yeah. I've got fresh ideas. And he's like, and I and I love to hire young, so they come up in the company. Right, and he doesn't give you good compliments a lot because that's not what he does. No, and I actually, that's another truism of his that I agree with where he's like, if you overpraise people, yeah. then they like won't work too hard because they think they got it. And they think they got it. And they also like, they aren't like striving to achieve this really special thing. Grant. And then Tough when, love. and then when you really grant this like praise for something really extraordinary, they understand what extraordinary is and they, and they strive to achieve it. Okay, I'm a young buck. I mean, I know you want to be like Helena Rubinstein. <laughs> with my, like, with her sharp wit and her acid tongue. The vicious men are in the boardroom, and I'm just like, <laughs> I want a day cream and I want it by tomorrow, boys. <laughs> um, but are you actually just like Lord Mabane, like at the House of Commons? <laughs> no, I was thinking, he talks about some lord that they like modeled a liquor off, and it was like a monk who became an alcoholic because like they sent him on like an adventure to try every liquor in the world oh that guy yeah and it was like monk Sudley or something like that anyway I definitely or I'm just like Mr. Seagram's falling asleep at lunch I'm just like (laughs) okay wait that part did remind me when he was like when then the the Pope like disapproved of their like alcohol ad or whatever I felt what happened Remember the Pope, he, like, didn't like it. Yeah, it was Something like, had to be approved by the Pope for that winemaker, and they were like, oh, actually, just, like, the Pope says no. And I feel like that was very, do you remember that time when I was branding Hyatt, and I was writing the mm. description of that hotel in Hawaii, and I, like, said that it, like, evoked the ancient Hawaiian, like, oh. concept of something. Okay, and they then canceled it, you. And it came back, and they were like, so actually, like, that particular spirit that you mentioned, like, is this, like, haunted ghost who does oh, rape okay. people in their sleep? <laughs> And you can't, we can't actually have that associated with the hotel. They're like, and please don't mention that ancient spirit. Thank you very much for all your work. Um, Just invoice us and um, thank you. (laughs) Um, That was a note from the like Hyatt Hawaiian. (laughs) Well, I mean, thank God they, they caught that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who was even reading that description of that hotel. But then, like, things were always going viral where it is, like, an ad for just, like, a stove company. And they're just being, like, and it's blessed by the spirit. And then, like, some country is, like... Although, honestly, at this point, it's, like, going canceled gets you viral, which gets people talking. And it's actually kind of advertising you can't even buy. And maybe they're kind of... very true. So you think I made a mistake and you should have. I mean, if this was a little bit pre that era, I don't think it would have gone. I just don't think anyone would have cared. Well, you don't know. You haven't been cursed and raped by that spirit. So <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Um... <laughs> Wait, have you had sex with a ghost? I feel like you have, though. I feel like you've said that you have. Not in uh, recent memory. Okay. Have I had sex with a ghost? I mean, oh, well. Kind of. I actually have. I, I currently do. I have for the past five years. Wait. Oh, Maya's a ghost. Oh, because yeah. your, your girlfriend's so pale? No, no, no. Her, <laughs> the house she grew up in, was housed by the, the actress from the 20s, Mary Pickford. 
Oh my god! Oh, and she is the ghost yeah, of Aaron Pickford because look, they, their yeah, faces and if you do look, look at, very they look alike. Very alike. Oh no! Yeah, no, so, you're dating a phantom. Yes, <laughs> she's haunted. I mean, do you think you're? I don't. I just feel like. Do you think your boyfriend is a ghost? I don't think he is. Maybe he is. Maybe you're a ghost. I feel like I'm the ghost of like Alexander the Great's lover. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you wish, bitch. <laughs> Men in power are obsessed with me. Mm, you they, were... they fuck me, then conquer lands. <laughs> You're just like jealous that like I'm with a ghost and like you're trying to make up these crazy stories. Uh, I give this book four out of five billboards. I mean, I, you know, it really spoke to me as someone who is familiar with this industry. I also think it's extremely easy to read. It's a quick read. It's just fun. And I think it's also there's a lot that's useful in here, no matter what industry you're in. No, I think it's very useful. And it is that like there's a lot of lists going on. Obviously, you know, I I feel like go towards my wish there was a little more in his childhood and like being abused by just like the nuns, you know, in my rating system, because it's like I feel like I gave, you know, Tegan a four out of five. Like I wasn't so page turning in this like right insane YA yeah. lesbian way, but I also love the book. And, and it's I also it's hard to. Compared because it's in its own kind of, in a business genre, I feel like as a business book, I give it a four out of five. Yeah. Of like a how-to, because I do think, especially since it's so old, a lot of the stuff you really can apply. I think it's so important because so much we, we've lost so much of our history mm. and we live in such a now culture that's like nostalgic for the super recent past. And we forget like how much we have in common with our ancestors. Mm, our advertising ancestors. Yes. Exactly. Well, it's kind of like how Kevin Gannett in the last book was saying like how his basketball playing is like yes, built the off the greats. And it was like, you know, he's taking tips from like, you know, from the people who came before him. And even as consumers, we also feel like we're consuming again, what's things cool our mothers consumed. You know, our mothers bought Dove. He's not talking to. He's talking to the reader like you're his coworker. Yes, which yes, is cool. I he's agree. not just being no, like, talk "Hey, I'm a rich." It's not like snake oil. Like no. I'm a rich businessman, and like this is like how you can do it. It's kind of just like, "Hey, we're all copywriters here." Yeah. Here's some tips. It's actually, yeah, I think it really respects the reader in a, in a very high-minded way. Because he respects who he's advertising to. He's going to respect his and reader. And he respects the products and he respects the rum Ugh. of Puerto Rico, the country that he did save. Okay, uh, next book. Next book is Whose Bed Who's, Who's bed Have Your Boots Been Under? That's not the name of the book, but that's my favorite song. It's Shania Twain. <laughs> it's a weird intro for that. Anyway, you know where you love her. Shania Twain. The, what, the book has to do with boots, though. It's called Boot. These Boots Are Made for Walking? No, that's a famous That's Nancy song. Sinatra. That's Nancy Sinatra. But anyway, Shania. it's by Shania Twain. You know who she is. You don't need the title of the book because you know who she is. Icon. We're going to get into country music, Ooh. sweetheart. Hell yeah. Another Honky one of talk. our passions. Huge passions of ours. All right. Ciao, ladies. Got um, Best. Best. Reporting live for the BBC in Jakarta, this is Celebrity Book Club. 
70 Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects and HeadGum. The show is produced in Taipei by Meg Benane with editorial support from Andrew Parsons and Leon Nafak in Rome. Engineering by Faris Monchi. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst in Alberta. Artwork by Teddy Blank at Chips and Y. Follow us on Twitter at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your mates about us. For BBC, this is Stephen Phillips Horst in Venezuela, in Caracas, in Addis Ababa. That was a headgum podcast. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.